Hello, 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 and welcome to More Than Money, a show that explores the psychology, emotions, and math of money so you can make better, smarter choices regardless of where you fall on the income or wealth spectrums. I'm your host, Jaquette Timmons. Before we dive into today's episode, I have a favor to ask. We are now fully loaded and available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And I would absolutely love it if after this episode, you went back and you gave us a review and a rating on this as well as previous episodes. As you know, we are newbies to this podcasting game and the ratings and reviews sends a signal to the powers that be and to me um, that you like what we are creating here and that you want more. So thank you so much in advance for taking the time to do that. But now on to today's episode. We're going to talk about what happens when money is tight. You know, when you have more money going out than what you have coming in. And specifically, I want to talk about when this season is temporary, right? And not a constant state of being. But really, the suggestions that I am going to share with you can help you navigate either scenario. Because one thing that I know to be true is that when money is tight, and you tend to think that you have a money problem, you actually have a problem that's not just about money. And uh, it reminds me of that saying that goes a little something like, the problem that you think you have isn't the one that you have. This is a perfect example of that adage. So let me tell you about what inspired today's episode. In a really succinct way, April kicked my behind. (laughs) As you know, I own a business. I own a service-based business and I am not immune from cash flow challenges just like any other business, whether it's a startup, a mom and pop, another, you know, small service product-based business, or even a multinational. Every business eventually encounters a season when money is tight. And it could be because sales have plateaued. It could be because you have a dry pipeline. It could be because you have a high burn rate. Or it could be that you have more accounts receivables than you have paid invoices. And in my case, it was a combination of a few of those factors. And so I look at it as April was just my turn <laughs> um, for things to be a little tight, but it was a little shocking because it had been quite some time since I had found myself in a financial pickle. And what I wanna share with you today are seven ways to help you get through a season where money is tight, where you might even find yourself in a pickle. And of these seven, you might decide that you only need to use one of them or a few of them or maybe all seven of them to help you navigate that that terrain. But I, I offer them to you to help you when money is tight. And, you know, I the trigger for this may have been my experience through my business, but this episode isn't just for entrepreneurs or small business owners. It's for everybody because everyone at some point or another 
hits a financial rough patch. And it doesn't have to mean that you are, you know, knocking on dire door, if you will. It doesn't mean that you are on the brink of bankruptcy, but it could just mean that, hey, again, more money is going out than coming in and things are just a little tighter than usual. And what what happens when that all occurs is that, of course, you know, money being the obvious trigger for all of this, um, it manifests its, itself financially. But the other things that you might begin to notice is that even from a physical standpoint, right, your body is a lot tighter because you're filled with a lot of stress. You might find that even just from a mindset standpoint, that because you are feeling so overwhelmed with, oh my God, how am I going to get out of this, that you find it hard to think rationally and strategically. And that's really because you are stuck in survival mode. So here are my suggestions for getting through this season. And um, I want to categorize it so that if you think of it as an umbrella of these things fall under the umbrella of what do you need to know, what do you need to do, and what do you need to ask of both yourself and perhaps other people. I share this in no particular order, but I think it's really important to start with really recognizing and having the mindset of this too shall pass. (laughs) It may suck in the moment, but this eventually is going to pass. But that needs to go along with having a plan of action of what it is that you are actually going to do to help you navigate as this season passes. And two critical questions that I relied on to help me was one is where can I be more resourceful? I think sometimes when we are feeling tight and you know, your body is feeling tight and your mind is consumed with what what isn't going right, that um, it's helpful to ask the question of where can you be more resourceful because it then opens you up to possibilities that you might not have initially paid attention to or quite frankly, you know, saw, seen, I guess is the right word, the right way to say it because you're so consumed by the reality of the current situation. So asking yourself, where can I be more resourceful? The other question that I found really helpful for me is if this isn't really a money problem, then what is the problem? And for me, the answer to that question was that it identified some holes in my sales process, holes that I did not see so clearly when things were going well. And that's why I think it's important to ask these kinds of questions, because these are the things that, again, when you're in this kind of situation, um, you don't see the shortcomings, you don't notice the blind spots when, again, things are going well, but you do see them when they're not. So remember, this too shall pass, you need an action plan, and one way to get to what that action plan might ought to be is by asking the question, questions, where can I be more resourceful? And if money isn't the problem, then what is? The second uh, point that I want to remind you of is the discipline and the practice of tracking your money. If you already do this, then examine your data and think about where else you can conserve money. If you don't track your money, well now this is a really good place to start. I, as you might imagine, I actually do track my money. That said, the irony is 
that when it comes to expense management, you know, I'm the one that's always talking about the importance of making sure that every expense item fights for the right to be on your income statement. And yet, what I realized is that with one vendor in particular, um, I, you know, made the request of seeing if I could get a better rate. And I'm so glad that I did because that's when I discovered that I was paying $50 more than I needed to be paying each month. And then it made me question, well, my golly, how many years have I been paying $600 that I did not need to spend in that way? So this is a reminder for all of us that yes, track your money, yes, examine your data, but also don't be afraid to ask if you are indeed getting the best possible rate. The third um, way or suggestion, if you will, is to create a mind map. And you might be familiar with me mentioning this before. Um, I'm a, a huge advocate for mind mapping because I think it's a great way to visually problem solve. And so in this instance, what you would do is you would draw a circle and inside of the circle, write down the amount of money that you need. And when you think of the hub and spokes, if you will, that come, that emanate from that circle, it's really your answers to the questions, well, where can I be more resourceful? And if money isn't the problem, what is? As ideas and, and potential answers are coming to you, excuse me, write them down on the mind map because that's going to give you a way of solidifying a game plan. It's going to give you a way of going from stuck to unstuck and it's going to help you to identify possibilities and solutions both that help you to address the immediate challenge that you have right now but to also help you put forth a game plan that will sustain you for a longer period of time. The fourth suggestion is to write out what you will do once you are flush again. So let's just say that, you know, when things got tight, maybe you needed to borrow some money. Maybe you needed to ask somebody uh, to help you out. When things are flush again, what's your game plan for paying them back? Is it going to be in full? Is it going to be incrementally? If you actually had to borrow from yourself by taking money out of your savings, how are you going to replenish your savings? Also, though, when things get flushed again, what are you going to do to not only replenish the savings that you may have taken out, but also to set aside for future savings? And if it's the case that you used your credit card to make some purchases during this season, how are you going to offset those additional purchases. To me, this is in alignment with the whole notion that, you know, you need to give your money direction. Well, this is a part of you giving money direction. A fifth suggestion is to document some of the lessons that you've learned, because if you're going to go through this season, you might as well, um, document what you have learned because you will have learned something. <laughs> Whether or not you like that learning in the moment is another matter, but you will have learned something. So how do you plan on integrating those lessons so that they aren't for naught? You know, you didn't go for, you know, you didn't go through this for no reason, um, but whatever that reason is, how are you going to apply that moving forward? The sixth suggestion is to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Whenever you are stressed, whenever you are feeling overwhelmed, 
for whatever reason, some of us just really shut down and all of the things that we would typically do to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves, we slack on. So make sure that you're exercising. You might even wanna exercise more. Make sure that you are eating well. Make sure if you are someone that meditates and journal that you're sticking with that practice. And if you don't do it, now might be a really good time to adopt it. What you don't wanna do is um, or I should say what you do want to do is you want to resist the, the, the temptation that says, I've got to figure this out. I'm too stressed. And let that equate to that you don't have time to exercise, to eat well, to meditate and journal, because those are actually going to be all of the things that are going to help you to, to move through this season, but also to identify um, things that you might not have been paying attention to that will really serve you both now and in the future. And before I move on to the next uh, suggestion, let me just put a pin here and remind you to also monitor your self-talk. Um, you might be inclined to beat up on yourself, but this is not the time for you to do all of that. And my seventh suggestion, seventh suggestion is to practice gratitude no matter how much it sucks. <laughs> and I know that it can happen, uh, you know, that that feeling can uh, surface. Find something every single day that inspires you to say thank you, because this is how you are going to be able to, again, shift your, your perspective, expand your perspective, and to focus on possibilities. So those are my seven suggestions of what to do when money is tight. And, you know, as I begin to wrap up, speaking of that, when money is tight, we tend to um, go down the rabbit hole of feeling sorry for yourself or feeling resentful about your situation. And it's understandable because that might be kicking up feelings of guilt, feelings of shame. And I'm of the mindset of feel your feelings. Don't repress them because that does no one any good. And yet, make sure that you are asking yourself questions like, how strong is your foundation? Because here's the thing, you're feeling the what you're feeling because your foundation is weak. And it, you only recognize that it was weak because you had a financial storm. So the reason for asking how strong is the foundation is so that you can identify where it is weak so that you can strengthen those weak areas. The other thing to ask is, what clues did you miss? So when I think about my situation, some of the clues that I missed as an example are um, recognizing that I should have been doing a better job of filling up my pipeline, recognizing that you know, some accounts payables were just taking a really long time and I should have been, once I recognized that, I should have put plan B and C into place a lot sooner than I activated those things. So what clues, you know, did you miss? And as a result of recognizing now those clues that you missed, what are you going to pay attention to a little bit more uh, deeply into the future? And then related, what are the guardrails that you are now going to erect to protect yourself the next time a financial storm hits? And notice how I said when and not 
if, because there will be another time. We just don't know when. It might be a year from now. It might be five years from now. You don't know when, but you want to erect those guardrails to protect you for whenever that, that moment in time comes. You know, what I found from my experience, and maybe you have as well so you can relate, is that the hardest thing to do when money is tight is to stay focused on possibilities, to stay in proactive mode, like moving forward, and to truly indeed trust that this season will pass. And hopefully these seven suggestions that I shared with you will become a part of the toolkit that you will tap into the next time that you hit a financial patch, rough patch, if you will. So thank you as always for tuning into today's episode. Let us know what you found most useful. Let us know what actions that you will take. And as a reminder, please remember to leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Again, that's a signal uh, to the powers that be and to me uh, that we are providing you with what you want and that you'll come back for more. And also be sure to follow me on Instagram. My handle is J-A-C-Q-U-E-T-T-E-M Timmons. And one other announcement before I wrap it up. On June 8th, I am hosting a one-day pricing retreat for entrepreneurs and small business owners. And this is a day where we really take a dive into your pricing strategy and approach. And I am sharing with folks a framework that you can utilize whether you are creating a, a product or service from scratch or refining one. And one whereby the pricing that you come up with for an individual product and service and for all of what you provide is really telling the brand story that you want those that you serve to believe in. But as you might imagine, I also approach it very differently in that I think your pricing is always a reflection of your relationship with money, the relationship that you have with yourself, your business, and those that you serve. So those are all of the things that we are going to uh, address during this one-day retreat. So for more information, you can go to my site, jacquettetimmons.com forward slash pricing dash retreat, gather all the information that you... Um, need there and apply because it is application based because we only have uh, up to 10 people at the retreat. So hopefully I'll get a chance to chat with you and maybe even see you on June 8th. Well, that's it for today's episode. And until next time, remember, it's about more than money. 